This podcast is proudly sponsored by Joro Protein, a Rhode Island plant-based protein supplement company designed for athletes and adventurers. They deliver 25 grams of protein, 5 grams of BCAAs, and 18 essential vitamins and minerals. It's non-GMO, it's gluten-free, it's allergen-free, no artificial flavors, no added sugar or stevia, and it has no additional gums, thickeners, or fillers. Right now, you can get 30% off on this podcast with the code JOROROADYSTRENGTH2022. You can find them at JOROProtein.com. This podcast is brought to you by Phase CBD. That's P-H-A-Z-E. They are a local Rhode Island company who makes and manufactures a wide-ranging variety of CBD products that are formulated specifically for athletes. It doesn't matter if you're a CrossFitter, a strongman, bodybuilder, or powerlifter. These products are for you. These products range from tinctures to seltzers to even roll-on applicants. By supporting this business, you're supporting a local Rhode Island business and you're supporting this podcast directly. Please check them out at phasesports.com. I listened to you on the uh, Savon podcast, so I know you're uh, not going to be uh, obviously yes. as, as hard-hitting as those questions, so I'm sure well, he was well-behaved. He, he was actually very well-behaved. I was like, this is going to get me in trouble, I'm sure, but no, no he, you um, did. Awesome. He kept him, he, um, yeah, I mean, I did an interview with him like five, six years ago when we first met, so I was expecting sort of like some of his craziness from back then, but it wasn't, it wasn't nearly as, as controversial as it could have been, so <laughs> I just to stay out of the Well, we, we have no intention of being controversial. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I didn't get that vibe, so, you know. No. Yeah. Um, cool. All right, so uh, I guess we can start it off, unless you have any yeah. questions beforehand. No. Cool. All right, let's do it. All right, what's going on, guys? Dr. Matt here, host of the Roadie Strength Podcast. We have another special guest on today, Dr. Amy West, MD, uh, ETM FAAPMR. You're gonna have to explain those yeah, initials to yes, me. Yes, <laughs> sure, not a problem. Um, and we got co-host Jeff Arnold. What's going on, guys? Hey, hey. Hello, hello. Yeah, I'll explain that. So, MD is a medical doctor. EDM is a master's of education. Um, and then FAA PMNR, which is, is basically uh, our society for PMNR physicians. I'm a, a technically a fellow of the of that group. So I don't often put that one on there too, but but yeah. I th- I don't know where I found those. I think I looked you up on maybe like either Hofstra or or um somewhere else that you work and I and I just copy and pasted them. But I'm yeah, like, oh, I, I'll have to ask that question. There, yeah. What, yeah. What's the uh, PMR group? Um, so physical medicine rehabilitation, that's my specialty. Um, so the uh, AAPMNR is the Association for Academic PMNR Physicians. So it's our big like, it's like, you know how like the, like uh, the AMA is American Medical Association. That's for like med- people in medicine. And then AAPMNR is like the PMNR version of that. Gotcha. Very cool. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick right up where uh, I think I just listened to your Savant podcast. So it was fresh in my mind, like, like about a week wow. ago. And uh, cool. he was talking about, oh, Amy, you're a real doctor. So I'm I'm just gonna come out right and say I'm a physical therapist. I'm not I'm not MD. I'm a mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a I play a doctor, I'm a pretend doctor in some ways. So okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but you're the real deal. So um, I just want to give you a short bio. Um, so just kind of, mm-hmm. and we'll obviously dive into things um as we get into the podcast, but. Um, sure. so you're a sports med doctor. And if I screw up, correct me, please. Uh, okay. Yep. <laughs> you're a sports med doctor at Northwell mm-hmm. health, uh, team mm-hmm. physician at Hofstra university. You have mm-hmm. your CrossFit level one. You're part of the CrossFit health team. 
and uh, which oh I God. watched that um, that seminar uh, with you, Kelly Starrett, uh, Sean um, Rocket, like all, all of mm-hmm. them. I, I thought that came out awesome. Yeah, and, cool. Uh, you're also uh, part of the CrossFit Games medical team, which I want to talk about sure. too, obviously, because you were just there. Yeah. It looked mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> Was a, it's always a lot of fun it's always like the craziest week it's a lot of fun but like we're, we work all day and then there's like parties all night so come back exhausted from a week <laughs> for sure yeah definitely getting oh, formal man. with the the pictures you're yeah. with uh Medeiros and um you know some of the other <laughs> top athletes I'm like that's that's badass that's awesome <laughs> yeah um so we'd like to uh kick it off with rapid fire questions now a lot of times these are just yeah. for my own entertainment so I, I okay. always apologize to the audience if they're boring, but I, I, I get entertainment out of them. So uh, my first question is favorite coffee shop. Now this could be somewhere like uh, you're in New York, I'm guessing. Um, so maybe somewhere I'm in, in New, New York. York yeah. Or, yeah. So where do you like to get coffee? Oh, you know, there's a place over here called Sweet Leaf, which I like because in the morning, well, during the day, it's a coffee shop and at night it turns into a bar. Awesome. So that's a nice kind of combination um but i'm a big coffee shop fan in general so when i travel the for i look for three things one is a crossfit gym two is a coffee shop and three is a bookstore and if you can find a spot where all three of those things are it's likely a cool place to be so oh man i think you would like rhode island you might have to come oh yeah okay i don't think i've ever been to rhode island so okay there's a lot of all three of those yeah that's i never thought about that that's a, that's yeah, like, a, there's a couple places I know that are all three of those in one. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. that sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, I mean, yeah. So just think, I mean, yeah, it's like, or, or cool people will be there. So mm. like, you, you know, yeah. it attracts cool people. I like to consider myself one of those people. So, uh, you know. Right so, on, right on. Yeah. Totally. Uh, what, and just quick follow-up a question on that. How do you take your coffee? Black. That's the most common answer Savage. on the show. Yeah, Savage. black. I do black, or I, I do enjoy occasional almond milk latte, but it has to be unsweetened, which is really hard to find places that don't ha- that have unsweetened almond milk. So it's like rare. Mm. Yeah, it's maybe maybe at the grocery store. Tough at a coffee shop though. No. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next one, similar question. Uh, if you have a favorite go-to breakfast spot or just something maybe that you make on your own, like, um, you're kind of typical, like what you eat in the morning. So what I normally eat in the morning, um, is a combination of oatmeal, protein powder, and egg whites. I mix that up and microwave it. Um, yeah, it's like, and maybe add a little bit of almond butter in there. Um, that's what I like to eat, but what I enjoy, I don't know if they still make it, but Panera had a sandwich where you can, it's like a egg and cheese sandwich and you can get this like, there's like this maple sauce on it, which is like, dope. It was really um, good. I don't know. I don't know if they still oh, make man. that, but that like that added, that added like sweetness was like beautiful. So that was like usually I, like a weekend treat for me. I actually have a coffee shop for you up in Maine then that they literally have a maple bacon breakfast sandwich that's in Maine? absolute fire yeah where, so where if you ever venture up to portland it's oh, right I used to in live portland. there i lived there for i lived there for a year oh did you did you do your residency at Maine med i did my fe- my uh, sports medicine fellowship there oh okay cool cool yeah that's awesome so, what place uh it, it i think it opened like literally in the last year or two it's oh. um I, oh my gosh i can't think of the name of it i was literally there monday morning 
Oh, wow. Oh, it's called Roots Cafe. Sorry. Roots. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been there. Yeah. It must be kind of new. It, it's, I've been, it's I've been very there a few years. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. I it's add in it to Westbrook, my list. Though, so it's not important. Oh, it's a little bit outside. Okay. All right. I'll yeah. add it to the list. <laughs> uh, next question we got favorite Instagram accounts. And the way I describe this is maybe it's someone you follow the, for inspiration, someone who makes you laugh, or maybe something that's like educational. Mm. Uh, there's kind of a few ways to go with that question. Mm. Um, so, I mean, as far as like educational stuff, I enjoy Kelly Starrett's stuff. He's just like a really, he's a really cool person. Um, and he's taught me a lot. So videos just has cool things on there. Um, as far as like, just like stupid stuff, there's like these accounts from that show, like vintage things from like the nineties. And it's like, oh do you remember this? Do you remember like this toy or like this TV show or whatever? It's like, oh my God, yeah. I remember I had that. <laughs> I think it's called I Had That. <laughs> it's, like, it's called like, oh shit, I had that or something like that. But um, uh, so that's just like silly stuff that I enjoy. So then there's, I, a, there's, another, there's another one that's called another, like another random thing. It's called like freezing cold takes. And it's, it's like all these like sports takes that were dead wrong. It's like this this uh michael jordan guy isn't going to be that good and like so, you know like some oh, like some like that's um, amazing. newspaper article from like the 80s that some guy wrote and it's like wrong <laughs> you know so stuff like that you know that's silly oh things like that okay i might need you to send me that page because that just <laughs> it's, sounds it's, like a great way to waste time it's it's yeah it's total waste of time a thousand percent plus <laughs> plus i have like i have a, a mini dalmatian dog and i've love donations so there's always like these cute dog videos that i can get lost in for a while that's great Can't need that. That. <laughs> uh, next question we have is favorite podcast and kind of same explanation uh something maybe you just like for for fun or something educational or, or whatever you're listening to right now yeah. i mean other than I mean, I, uh, right obviously um <laughs> i i enjoy Sevon's stuff you know he he and i go way back so he he just is entertaining so I've been listening to a lot of his stuff lately. And uh, so that's kind of gotten my attention at the moment. Um, he interviews but... everyone. I was oh, looking yeah. through his, he's like, there's no, there's all the people he's going through. I'm like, wow, he get he doesn't miss anybody. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to plug my own podcast called oh, Docs in the it. Box. Me, my friend and I, Matt Cowling, who's another uh, PM&R physician. We, I mean, it's like a little thing that we just have been doing for a few years about, we interview like people in and around CrossFit in the medical space, kind of who are doing things in both. Um, oh, that's so, so cool! Yeah. So yeah, it's fun. We it's we you know it's just a, like a little hobby, but um, we've had some pretty cool guests on there. So, Docs in the Box is what it's called. So. Okay, right on. You're a podcast vet. You you've been on a ton. You you have your I own. Haven't. You know what you're doing. You know, I guess I don't know. <laughs> it comes in waves, you know. So I'm, sure. I'm always happy to talk about myself. That's easy. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next question is very related. Uh, favorite books or anything you read recently, or maybe something on Audible or something you're looking forward to read. Wow. Um, well, I actually, what I, I, I I'll just talk about the most recent thing I read um, is that. So back when I did Seven's podcast, when he worked for CrossFit, um, I was in like the CrossFit HQ building. Um, and they had like all this stuff there and he was like, do you want any of this? And he just like gave me a bunch of books. <laughs> um, and one of the things he gave me was, um, I think it was like Tia Claire's Toomey's like biography, autobiography. So I just found it the other day. I was like, huh, let me look at that. I, you know, 
team that she keeps winning. Um, so I, I just read that recently. So it was, that was interesting. You know, it's always hear, interesting to hear how it motivates people who are super successful like that. So, um, so that's just like the last thing that comes to mind. Mm. That's great. I feel like that needs to be documentary. Yeah, I'm Very curious silly. how similar. <laughs> I mean, I'm curious if there are like any similarities in like the psychology between like her and like a Michael Jordan type figure. I mean, obviously, like yeah, you know, two oh, different yeah. sports, but like a champion is a champion at the end of the day. Yeah, she's like super focused, and it's also it's like one of those things. Like the common theme in her book is like I it started this thing and then I won everything and then I did this other thing and then I won all the things there and it's like oh, okay <laughs> so um you know it's just one of those people that just like does not accept anything else other than that so totally. um, it's unbelievable yeah but it's also like and she talks about you know like her relationship with Shane and all that and that's kind of you know also an interesting part of the book that kind of dynamic so yeah I've always so, been yeah, curious about that, that dynamic yeah it's got to be kind of fascinating and also very stressful at times I would imagine yeah but the other thing that I another book that I I always tell people about it's totally ridiculous but it's like you want to get inside the head of a crazy person is you know the uh she was the goalie for the American women's soccer team Hope Solo oh yeah she wrote yeah, an autobiography yeah, like yeah she wrote an autobiography like I don't know almost 10 years ago and she's like she's like a little bit off but it is it's just like super entertaining because the way she sees the world is really interesting so i just tell you read that book because it's crazy so i'm not particularly like a fan of hers or anything but like it just it's it's a good read if you're looking for something to read that's like kind of mindless pick it up is it's an autobiography uh, she wrote it herself yeah she wrote it herself gotcha, okay. and it's like a lot of oh, events that happen fascinating yeah a lot of events that she like talks about and it's like you saw it on the news and like and then she, the way she like interpreted how it happened was like definitely not what happened, but it's like, <laughs> all right, I'm going with it. Like, cool. Right. This <laughs> is know? my reality. <laughs> like, welcome. Crazy. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So it's, it's entertaining it. for sure. Yeah. Um, That's fascinating. So, uh, next question we got. So, and when we can talk about the, I mean, the CrossFit games could be your answer to this, but any sure. travel plans recently that you were really excited about or vice or both, like anything coming up that you're excited about? uh i mean yeah it was just in the games that's always like it's always a good time um a because because you're in this town where like crossfit just takes it over it's like you go there and you're like in an alternate universe where everyone crossfits and everyone just gets it which is really cool for people who are into that <laughs> um and then you know I'm, I'm working there so i was like working i was speaking i had meetings there's parties it's just like it's just crazy it's a fun time it's a bit of a reunion I get to see all like people that I, I don't see very often and then and then it's like a whirlwind I'm like up from like 5 a.m to like midnight every day and then I come home and everyone's like how was your vacation and I was like it was I was I am tired <laughs> like I am very tired um but it's fun it's a good time that's great yeah it's it's tough when you're I mean it's obviously it's fun but like you almost like the typical saying like I need a vacation for my vacation I need to rest yeah <laughs> do you yeah, wear a whoop at like, all I do. I have one on right now. What, yeah. uh, wait, how was your yeah. strain that week? Um, it was like it was one day recovery. I, yeah, it was a bit altered. Um, I, and also like I one day like I logged events on it and it was like, and I didn't realize they have like medical coverage. It's not. It's not called like medical something uh, as a, as a category. So like oh. I was able to log that as like an activity, which was actually more than the workout that I did that morning. 
which was then, and then I also had like a stage performance. So I had like, I use these categories I don't even use very often, but it was kind of cool to like log those in the, in the app. That is funny. Like, interesting. Like yeah. sometimes, I don't know if you used to get the same thing, Jeff, but like sometimes when you're coaching in class, you get like that stage performance one come up. I'm like, that's kind of accurate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what yeah. happened oh, yeah. in the last yeah. hour? <laughs> oh yeah, it's called oh, medical yeah. operations. Used... Yeah, oh, medical okay. operations. That's the, the, the title of that category. Cool, cool. I, I used to constantly get that, that like, as a heads up on my um, Apple Watch. Are you working out right now as a exposure in your class? Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. Your audio is coming out just in and out, just a tiny, tiny bit right now, Jeff. I don't know if it's uh, if it's temporary, but just a heads up. Quick. Um. All right. So we'll move on to kind of a little more about uh, your your biography, Amy. So. Yeah. Um. First question, and I'm I'm sure you've talked about this a hundred times, so we don't have to mm-hmm. um, be a dead horse. But, uh, how did you get into CrossFit? Um, so I went to where I went to med school. So I went to med school at Harvard and down the street, down the street from it was, um, CrossFit Fenway, which is now no longer a thing. It's now Invictus, Boston, Fenway, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I used to kind of pass building, um, all the time. And I would see people outside doing all kinds of crazy things. And, um, at least what I thought was crazy at the time. Um, and then one day I just was like, okay, I want to try that. I finally had like a little bit of time <laughs> to like do stuff. And I was like, all right, I want to try this. Um, and then I was like, I was hooked pretty much from the beginning. I, I, I had spent my whole life playing like team sports and, you know, you hit a certain age and then like, you just start like all your sporting activity becomes like running. I tried to get into running for a while and I was like, Meh. and I going to like a regular gym, which was like also not fun, even though I like working out, I just don't like sitting around on machines and like, it was stupid um so when I started doing CrossFit I was like oh wow this is like fun I get to learn new things as an adult person I get to like meet people and have people cheer for me you know so then I just it was like I was like that's it I'm in and then I found my my specialty kind of at the same time and they're sort of aligned um as far as like goals and ideas of like around function so it seemed like a pretty natural fit for me is that where you also met Byrne? Uh, yes, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, it was. He, but now uh, the connection he makes across, sense. <laughs> yeah, he was working cross town um, at uh, Back Bay, and then they merged. So, but yes, I've I've known him for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> Shout yeah. out Byrne Prince and the IBI yeah. Invictus Boston Invitational. Oh boy. Uh, I actually I mean, wonder. I don't know if we need to talk about that. That was not my best day for sure. No, oh my gosh. You did amazing. <laughs> I, ooh, I tore my ab about two weeks before that. Ooh. So it was, it was really hard to do anything. So I couldn't like the first workout was all like gymnastics. And I couldn't kip. I couldn't swing from a bar. So that kind of hindered it. And then the whole handstand walking thing's hard when you can't hold your midline. So that was just, yeah. I was like, Ooh, this is not. So I'm like next year, next year, guys, <laughs> next year. Next year is the did year. You, yeah. Did you next have fun year, It was fun. Yeah. I mean, I, and also I hadn't That's been to Boston in a few years. So, you know, like, so I hadn't been to Boston in a few years. Um, and I didn't see a lot of those people in a long time. So that, that was fun. I was like, okay, next That's time awesome. not, not to not suck, but um you know but next year or what's the next next year how it goes how, how did you have that injury how that happened um i was practicing like butterfly kipping uh butterfly chest to bars mm. and like other th- other things where i was just like swinging a lot i guess sure. 
and it like and it like hurt a little bit and then one day i just felt it like rip and i was like oh and then for like weeks after that i couldn't like you'd be surprised how many things you can't do (laughs) when when your ab is torn like i was trying to do burpees once and i couldn't i couldn't do it or like even like holding myself in a holding myself in like a plank position was like brutal so yeah yeah so i thought about like this one maybe i won't do i can't do this and it was like it was like just healed up enough that i could like do it without being in a lot of pain but it was like mm. not not working that well <laughs> yeah that's so, yeah, yeah that it's a tough to say especially competition you're like yeah. i am kind of healthy enough to just kind of skate by so i guess yeah. i won't drop out which I, that's yeah that's a tough to say yeah. sometimes yeah yeah so i was like yeah whatever i'm already i've already got the plane <laughs> booked i'm like oh let's do it cool um so I know you, you already mentioned, uh, you, you went to Harvard med school, um, mm-hmm. you, and then you did your, uh, residency at Spalding, mm-hmm. which is, I've always heard of it as like, oh, Spalding, like that's an unbelievable hospital. And I, I just mm-hmm. did a quick search, uh, before, before the podcast and this yeah. is from Wikipedia, but so I'm just going to read it word for word. So Spalding rehab mm-hmm. hospital as the only hospital in new England to be continuously ranked by the U S news and world report in the best hospital survey since 1995. Uh, in 2018, mm. it was ranked number two. So it's always top of the list. Not not maybe number yeah. one, but it's in, since 1995, it's always up there. So yeah, for rehabilitation hospitals, it's kind of the place to place to yeah. be. Yeah, you always hear that. Like if someone's really screwed up, they're like, okay, I have to make sure I go to Spalding. Like I need the best. Yeah, one. it's just, when I was there, we had all the victims from the Boston Marathon bombing. Sure. Um, so that's how when I was a student there. So that's kind of how I got kind of hooked on on the place and on the on the field because it was kind of an it's kind of a if you're going to be working in a hospital you want to be working in a rehab hospital because that's when people are kind of getting better and they're sort of it's you do it's a lot more celebrating that goes on in a rehab hospital like people are like learning how to do things again people are getting their lives back it's like all positive you know mm. people don't like people aren't like don't like die there people don't aren't getting real sick there it's like they're over like the initial trauma of whatever it is that's gotten them in this position and now it's like all about just like making gains so um so yeah it's it's i was called swallowing it's like a resort i mean it's like you know for people if you're gonna be sick and you're gonna be in the hospital you want to be there it's 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 a nice place to be yeah that's awesome um i would say like it's probably a lot different from like obviously like er where it's just like get people in and out as quickly as possible or basically like if it's trauma like get people stabilized as quickly as possible versus like yeah. saying, like rehab hospital like you can actually watch them get better yeah and people are there for usually longer like yeah. long stays and you know there's and like part of the reason they're there is kind of like i don't say work out but work out you know it's like they have yeah. P- pt ot speech therapy recreational therapy adaptive sports like you know it's like you're there to be active and like learn how to do stuff again which is nice that's cool sure do you have any specific experiences of like just somebody that you got to be there start to finish to when they left that you just saw like the Mm -hmm. huge change and something just really struck you i mean yeah it happened quite a bit which was what was cool but um you know you see people i mean I'll, i'll talk about like certainly the people from the like the boston marathon bombing for example like people came in, a lot of them had lost limbs. Um, many of them had had some kind of traumatic brain injury as a result of the blast as well, which kind of go, often kind of goes on unnoted. Like people don't, didn't realize that. I mean, sometimes on rounds, like we were pulling out like 
shrapnel that was still coming out of their skin and it was all evidence so we'd have to save it and like give it to the police um you know so there's some pretty sick people you know you know some pretty um you know people who came in after obviously this is a very devastating public thing that had happened to them and then um you know we're leaving you know with new prosthetic limbs like running and like you know really they sort of kind of like turned the corner and then became like advocates and stuff so it was it was a really nice kind of transition to see that you know mm. um and a lot of like people people that were there like ran the boston marathon the next year or like a couple years after that you know with their new limbs and stuff like that so it was kind of like a weird you know like an interesting kind of fun like f- as fun as like that kind of situation is going to be yeah, yeah sure yeah. wow that's yeah or like inspirational in some in some ways or, or motivational for for people looking on like wow you're able to overcome you know such a, a terrible yeah. accident and, and make it back yeah, to the I marathon mean, yeah some of the people had you know they had limb limb loss traumatic brain injuries like hearing loss and burns like really bad burns too mm-hmm. um and you know it was rehabbing all those injuries at once so um, but yeah, totally. it was a pretty, pretty oh. interesting time to be there. It's one thing we all, at least I think for Matt and I, we can say, is we take you know, what we have day to day for granted sometimes. And mm-hmm. you see and hear something like that. And it just kind of is humbling to say the least. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen it in those kind of hospitals. So, you know, we'd have, you know, someone who was riding a mountain bike and just like flew off the front of it and with like a high spinal cord injury, like paralyzed from the neck down. And you're just like, Jesus, you know, like stuff like that, where you say like, you got to say, oh, we're pretty lucky, you know, and people who making the best of that situation, like people who are really kind of trying, you know, trying to make the best of it and like learn how to live their lives again. And that in and of itself is like commendable. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah, but, um, but I'm going to switch gears just uh, slightly just to get on kind of because um, I know that was where you did um, uh, your, your residency, right? At Spalding? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now you're more you're more focused into um, so I have it uh, the, the non-operative uh, sports medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I did a sports medicine fellowship after that. And that's when I was in Maine for a year. Mm-hmm. And now I'm back in New York. And um, I have just some of the things written down that you specialize in. Um, so mm-hmm. um, musculoskeletal ultrasound, which I had a question about that. Is that more diagnostic? Yeah. Is it- it's both. So diagnostic okay. and then also to for procedure purposes. Like I do a lot of ultrasound guided procedures with a needle. So Gotcha. Like um, like injections or like what, what type yeah. of stuff? Yeah. 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 In- injections like tenotomies, neurohydrodissections, kind of that thing anatomy so that's when um can you explain that one um so like if you have like a a tendonitis for example um sometimes you can kind of uh we take like a very fine needle and you kind of uh, i guess it's like poke the area of tendonitis to induce like an inflammatory response which is a healing response um and that's like you kind of use a needle to kind of poke at it for lack of a better way of putting it oh okay Okay, so like dry needle directly into the tendon. Kind of, yeah, and you can do it with different kinds of instances and like PRP and whatever. So yeah, there's different uh, different things you can do with it. Sure, sure, that's pretty interesting. 
Can you explain the PRP a little bit too? Because I know that's really popular. I have people ask me about that um, pretty frequently. Yeah. And I just basically send them out and be like, hey, we have a doc in the area pretty similar. You might know her name, um, Dr. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moriarty. She's also a CrossFit. Oh, yeah, I know her. Yeah. Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I know so her. She, yep, I know well, her. send yeah. people to. Uh, oh, we're getting a. Uh, um, yeah, so we we get people, um, and I'll just I'm like, all right, just send them off. Like they'll they'll give yeah, you more yeah. information. But yeah. uh, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, so the kind of most basic kind of level is so what PRP is is we take a person's blood, we spin it down, put it in the centrifuge, and we get kind of the the platelet rich part of it, which has <clears throat> like a lot of the healing factors of your blood, um, and then we take that part of the blood and inject it into areas where there's can be used in areas of tendonitis, it can be used in areas of arthritis. Um, those are kind of the two most common things. Um, and it works fairly well. There's, I mean, there's a whole, uh, it can kind of get pretty kind of in the weeds as far as like mm-hmm. the concentrations that are used and the conditions it's used for and how effective it is. But in, if it's in the, used in the right situation, which is for certain kinds of tendonitis, kind of mild to moderate arthritis, it, it can work really well, or at least as effective as a steroid without having any of the kind of um, negative effects of a steroid. Um, so it's interesting. It's some, so yeah, so it's it's something that the issue is that most insurances don't cover it, so it's not a pocket cost, and you know, so a lot of people just like forget it, but. Um, but yes, but there's, there's, they're doing a lot of research now to figure out kind of like the best kind of way to pr- process the blood, if you will, so that it's most effective and using it in other kinds of conditions. But um, if using the right person, it works well. There are people out there who will like just stick it in anybody, <laughs> you know, they'll like, they'll sort of like, you know, they'll, they'll sign someone up for like five injections and charge them a thousand dollars an injection and inject it into someone who has like bone on bone arthritis. And it's like, it's not going to work. And you're just, you're just selling it to somebody just to you're sell just it. Taking you know? so, <laughs> right. So, I mean, there are people out there who will do that. Um, so it's, it, it, it works really well if in the right population, but there are people who kind of, oh, it scams. Interesting. It. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good to know. Um, and you, you know, I know you mentioned, so I know a little bit about this too, but, um, obviously cortisone shots are super, po- and, and they're covered by mm-hmm. insurance typically, and they're super yeah. popular. Yeah. Um, but, um, some of the negative side effects, like I know, and you can obviously talk more about this, um, yeah. but, um, yeah, what are some of the negative side effects for cortisone? Well, the main thing is that over time it can cause further degradation of your cartilage. So someone who's having, so like in a younger person, I almost never use it because you don't want to you're just going to further degrade the cartilage over time. Um, also can weaken tendons. I mean, there's always a risk if you use it around a tendon that you can rupture it. Um, so, so yeah, in, in younger people, um, I tend to stay away from it unless it's like a one-time thing or someone has something that very specific they're trying to do. Um, but in older people who's, you know, kind of, you know, that they, they're kind of trying to either they can't have surgery or they, trying to avoid surgery for whatever reason. I'm a little more liberal with it, but, um, but yeah, so in general, it's not something you want to use a lot. Gotcha. There's a, a physician I'm ready to exchange words with from a few years ago now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's something you can do once or twice in a younger person you do once maybe a year if you have to, for whatever reason, but you don't want to get into the habit of, of doing that over and over again, unless you yeah. there's really no other option. Sure. Sure. I mean, I only got one, cortisone shot in my shoulder once so not too worried about it but 
just the yeah, fact yeah. that the time. physician was so happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, so, so you know, sometimes sometimes it has to be done. But. I have sure, uh, sure. I have quite a few more questions on like kind of similar treatments. I hope it's uh, I hope that's all right. I hope I'm not gonna like. Yeah, I mean, guys. hope I can answer it. Yeah, <laughs> I hope, yeah, hope I can answer it for you. Um, yeah. Well, also, I do want to take a break real quick, and then um, we'll we'll jump back on if that's all right. Okay. Yeah. All right. And we are back. Um, so a follow-up question um, along that along those lines. Um, I think you might know where I'm going with this, but stem cells. Do you know kind of, I know this is kind of like this thing that everybody's, if you listen to any Joe Rogan episode, it's, it's bound mm-hmm. to come up, but it's kind of this thing everybody's talking about now. Um, I don't know if you have oh. any information on those. I'm sure you get asked I mean, everybody, wants to, everybody wants to go to Central America and get stem cell yeah. treatments. So, I mean, I can talk about it in sort of kind of sweeping terms. Sure. Um, sure. So part of it is when people say stem cells and when they talk about it in this country, there are regulations as to how um, cells can be manipulated outside the body. So what people are calling like stem cells, if you're getting any of those treatments in this country, it kind of technically isn't really stem cell because of the way the cells have to be harvested and manipulated. So that's kind of the first thing. So if you're getting um, cells in the U.S., they're not probably real stem cells or not true stem cells. No. So what they do, there's two things cells um and again like the the data surrounding those uh injections again there's a lot of kind of debate as to concentrations that are used and which is the best way to harvest it whether it's the bone marrow the fat cells um how to process it um the study the studies as far as treating things with either bone marrow aspirate concentrate it's called bmac or the fat cell versions called, it's a company called Lipogems. Um, the data is actually fairly promising, again, like in the right patient population. So a lot of like chronic tendinosis problems, arthritis that's sort of mild to moderate, um, actually has promising results. Again, it's not something that's covered by insurance. So it's a bit of a pricey thing. Um, so um, that's why I don't, in my practice, um, who I work for right now, we don't do it just because it's a, the setup and the whatever. We don't we don't do it currently, but mm-hmm. I think they're trying to do, move towards that. But anyway, um, but um, you know, there's these there's some companies that do a fair amount of it, have do their own research on it, and have fairly good results. So, um, but people are going to Central America and other in Europe and stuff because the way that they can process the cells there, you get a more true quote unquote stem cell. Um, and it's believed to be more effective. I mean, there's companies called like Regenex that does mm-hmm. a ton of that. Um, Jason Markle, who's a, a physician, who's one of their head physicians, um, actually had him on my podcast a while ago. Um, he kind of can talk way more in depth about it, but um, he's someone who does a lot of that work here. And then has, there's a, they have a clinic in the Caribbean somewhere where they kind of do more kind of those extensive things. And that's where you feel like, like you see like a lot of these like, you know, people going to get extra work for like things like rotator cuff tears, for example, and things like that. Again, in the right population um, with the right rehab process, it works well. But again, like people calling things stem cells and sticking it in like these full thickness rotator cuff tears that are not going to actually heal, you know, then again, it's just, then it becomes like sort of a money laundering scheme. And then you can, and then you'll have people pointing at it being like, 
you know everyone who does that stuff is full of crap and it's like well no it's just you have to it's it's very specific who it works for and who it doesn't sure just like anything yeah that's right that's awesome so in because i was on the fence of like is this actually legit or not so it sounds like Mm -hmm. there is some use to it um like like you said when done in the right population when done properly um, right that's cool that's exciting yeah yeah i I, I would would even just say like you know actually doing the right rehab and let's look at our population our demographic crossfitters Mm -hmm. probably not going to end up being great candidates in that regard (laughs) yeah i mean sort of yes and no it's like you have people who are um at least who want to be active and who will like actively try to do things for themselves i would think so that in that case it's good but then you don't you know people kind of like smashing their shoulders after getting a after getting a stem cell injection it's not gonna be the best idea so cool um all right i i have more i have more like geek out questions so i'm sorry Jeff. Okay. Uh, maybe maybe no. sorry, me too uh hyaluronic acid i don't know if you guys mm-hmm. use that much i mean i've had people uh use it before um mm-hmm. effectiveness like uh, when when is it used for yeah i mean i use it that a ton for arthritis um mm-hmm. essentially it's like gel that we inject into the knees so what's good about it it's pretty inert it's that there's no ne- really like negative side effects of it either it, other than it just might not work um there's sort of a theoretical risk of uh like an allergic reaction but i've never actually seen anyone have that Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's good for, again, for like mild to moderate arthritis. Some people you inject that and it's like, they're good. I, I don't see them for a year. Uh, other people you inject it and it's like three weeks later, like my knees hurt again. So it's like, it's again, it's all over the place. And when you have people who come in with like this severe bone on bone arthritis, it's not, it's not, it's doesn't do very much, but in the right, in the right population or in a younger person who has arthritis from, if say you had a big knee injury and like a big knee, uh, a surgery as a younger person, you're more likely to have arthritis develop at a younger age. So, you know, someone who comes in in their thirties or forties and has arthritis in their knee, it's actually, it's really something that's really good because it's not going to degrade the cartilage any further. So, hmm. you know, I see from most people are kind of like in this no man land of like what can be done. So that actually works pretty well. And, and uh, I know this is obviously tough to say because we're talking theoretically, but mm-hmm. let's say someone in that age group comes in, when are you choosing like hyaluronic acid versus like PRP for like, let's say like a knee injury. Well, I always try the stuff that might be free first. So um, <laughs> the, the HA and, and the hyaluronic acid injections potentially are covered by insurance or, or if they're not, they're cheap, you know, they can be like 300 bucks, maybe something like that. So, um, you know, I would say like, try that first, see if it works. And if not, then we can always go down the road of, you know, PRP, which is usually about a thousand dollars. Gotcha. Um, do you see that becoming covered by insurance anytime soon i mean it feels no, like it's been around for I, a while i had heard that there was a health system and i'm gonna say it's mayo clinic but i could be mm-hmm. wrong that had actually um uh, their insurance had started approving it and that's like a game changer mm-hmm. because then it then it becomes a lot more a it's it's just more used so then there's more data about it but then just it becomes a, a treatment option that actually people can do so Sure. Um, I'm not sure if that's, if that happened or what's mm. going on with that, but I mean, potentially I'm hoping that it, cause it's also in the grand scheme of things, not that much money compared to what these insurance companies do spend money on. So <laughs> true. You know? very true. Yeah. Um, so from a different perspective and not mm-hmm. to just jump in and 
No, and jump in. Just jump drill, in. Drilling you. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just going down the line. But <laughs> yeah. like, I guess from from your standpoint, in like terms of rehab medicine, what actually is exciting right now? Whether it's like specific to a joint or a treatment, like mm-hmm. because you know, obviously we're seeing athletes being able to come back from injuries at like wild rates compared to what mm-hmm. they used to. I mean, like the, the return to normalcy from, you know, a traumatic injury. I mean, look at Brooke Wells, perfect example. I mean, she was blew up her elbow last year and was back at the games mm-hmm. this year and actually yeah. was in like in the run for a podium spot. Like it was nuts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, like what in terms of like rehab medicine is, I guess, not only like exciting innovation to you, but like mm-hmm. really kind of driving your your intrigue or your your focus at this point um well i guess in this in the sports realm specifically i mean i think the world of orthobiologics so all these things of like bone marrow stem cell fat whatever um there's there's they're developing and looking into new more things every day as far as different kinds of things that can be injected and and how they can be injected and um, and that stuff's all really exciting as someone who's not a surgeon. So, um, and then the whole world of musculoskeletal ultrasound is, is even since, you know, I started learning about it, which was maybe about 10 years ago. I mean, the machines are getting better. The things you can do are, are way cooler, like the kinds of procedures that are able to be done something like 10 X, um, which is, um, like an ultrasound guided, essentially uh, a way to remove like small pieces of tendons which are are torn um okay it's basically like a mini procedure it's like a mini surgery that like things that you know you know a few years ago they would have to you have to have like a a surgery for now you can kind of do an office visit um even like things like carpal tunnel releases like you know even like small like doing a carpal tunnel surgery which you know now there's these very minimally invasive ways of doing it under ultrasound so that's kind of cool um, so things like that are really interesting to me as far as like in-office procedures that can be done. Um, and then as far as like rehabilitation, there's, uh, you know, stuff like, um, you know, BFR. So like blood flow restriction, uh, sure. Star, super, into, super into that. Um, I love he that. Gave me, he gave fan. me like BFR cups. <laughs> well, that's when I was at his house. He's like, here, take these on. Um, mm-hmm. and then, um, also like, Things like shockwave treatment for tendonitis, I've seen have really good results with that. So, you know, there's like cool things that are popping up all the time. Um, Can you talk about the shockwave a little bit? Because I had a question on that too. Yeah. I mean, I, I, <laughs> yeah. So, essentially, that, I mean, that's something like, I don't really know much about at all. So, that's, it, it was really interesting. I mean, me. essentially, what it is is like a machine. So, this is like a really strong vibration um, that kind of, uh, if you take an area that has tendonitis, for example, it like essentially causes, I guess you would say like micro damage to the area to bring in that inflammatory response, um, and, and can help break up scar tissue and things like that. So, um, I, I worked a lot with it in people who were like runners who had like chronic, like Achilles things or chronic, like tendon issues where like they would do a handful of treatments with that and actually see really good results so again it's like in the right population of people it works really well that's cool what i've seen anyway yeah it's fascinating so i mean in terms of 
because like obviously I can point to it from a coaching standpoint like looking at the evolution of programming and kind of how the yearly training has developed in CrossFit and other sports in general but like is there anything from just like I guess the like the the day-to-day psychological approach to the medicine of rehab that has changed significantly over the last five years that like the way you approach you know rehabbing a torn ACL um, from just Mm -hmm. like how you would kind of prescribed treatment yeah what's like the biggest thing that's changed with that I, and I don't even know if I'm asking that right I hope that I articulated my question correctly but yeah I, mean, I think I I think I get it um yeah I mean I think what they're what is I've seen happen over the past mm, five six years in rehab is there's been a bigger focus on on function um and like functional movement pattern like movement patterns um as opposed to like isolated strength about a joint um and it's like for example for with acl injuries i mean now there's like some pretty well verified kind of rehab protocols that involve a lot of uh kind of you know functional movement patterns like uh, before someone can you know finish the rehab they have to be able to do x y and z whereas like that was kind of a novel concept when i like started residency which was kind of weird um so you know looking at things like that um are really interesting and they're, they're always improving technology as far as like the actual surgery itself which is a little bit beyond what i know about but um but then the rehab process itself was really looking at that that functional idea which is like somewhat new in the field which is weird um that is interesting yeah and so then the whole area think, of prevention yeah so would you say like crossfit and like functional fitness has had an effect on that with like the evolution of people huh. moving more into like moving more into the CrossFit space or do you think they're just completely un, unrelated? I'll say this. Um, there, so I, I had heard a, a statistic that was saying that, you know, what happens in the medical literature is roughly about eight years behind what's happening. Like before it's proven in literature, it's been happening in for eight years, you know? So, sure. um, and I've seen that and I've seen that happen with with CrossFit. So the word CrossFit is still somewhat of a dirty word in the medical space, sure. but you talk about functional movement um, and people are like, wow, what a concept, <laughs> uh, you know? And it's like, it's, it's really kind of interesting to see like CrossFit has, you know, I was sort of like started in rehab when CrossFit sort of started to really kind of take off. So we're talking like maybe 2012, 2013. Sure. And, and CrossFit was like, no, it was bad. Don't, don't do that. There's this very anti-movement and there's a lot of reasons for that, um, which are not sound, but beyond that though, there's, um, but they started like, so great. Do you, you familiar with Greg Cook who does the functional movement screen? Yeah. Yeah, the FMS screen. So he basically invented this kind of, there's, there's a few of them now, but like it was like a seven, seven uh, movements uh, screen that, you know, one of them is like a lunge, one of them is a squat, one of them is a overhead, whatever. Um, and, you know, if someone, you could basically give someone a score on that and predict their injury risk or their, you know, rehab success or whatever. Um, and I remember back in 2000, I want to say 12 or 13, he spoke at, our PMNR conference. He was like one of the main speakers and people's minds like just exploded with this. Oh my God, like what a concept. Like you can look at functional movement patterns and predict injury rates and blah, blah, blah. And I was like <laughs> sitting there being like, as a CrossFitter, I was like, this is what we do every day all the time. 
you know? And like, it's <laughs> things like that where like you say, in the functional movement stuff has kind of come in and, and change things and, but sort of indirectly, uh, it, it's like, it's CrossFit, but people won't call it that. Or you can say high intensity functional movement. People are like, yeah, that's what a cool, and there's a, tons of papers on that, um, but you call it CrossFit and it's bad. You know, and it's like, you're all talking about the same thing. So it's been interesting to see, see that kind of from both perspectives. To kind of follow up with that, um, we don't have to get into this because you talked about it pretty in detail about this in the Savan podcast. So if people are interested, they can go uh -huh. listen to that. But I know that yeah. the issue with the NSCA kind of gave CrossFit that black uh -huh. eye early on and they were able yeah. to reverse mm -hmm. those findings. But I guess my uh -huh. question is, uh, how can we, because like you said, people still associate that word with like, oh, uh -huh. it's dangerous. Like, and I, and I know uh -huh. you just did a talk on this recently. How can we, uh -huh. how can we change that? How can uh, we continue to, to make CrossFit seem like, okay, this is actually something that's not only good, but, but it's going to be healthy for you. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends who you're talking to, but like, I, I, it's my favorite thing to me with someone like someone in the medical field says that like, oh, you know, can't do that. It's dangerous. And it's like, it's so easy to pick apart. It's so easy to pick apart as soon as you ask them three questions about it. Cause most of the time people who have that opinion have never been to a CrossFit class and don't know what it is. So that's the first thing. So I usually ask people that, like, have you ever been to CrossFit? Do you know what it is? <laughs> well, no, but like, I know a guy who blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, but there's that part of it. And then it's like, part of it as well as like looking at, well, if you're telling people not to CrossFit, what are you telling them to do? Like, are you telling them to sit at home and do nothing? You think that's better than doing X, Y, and Z? Like, think about that um but also and then it's like well actually medically in the literature that's false like that's right. a false statement based on numerous studies. studies that have proven that have shown that the injury rate is actually fairly low it's actually you know up to five times lower than running for example people mm -hmm. injure themselves running far more than people do crossfitting and that's a proven fact mm -hmm. um and then the ideas of functional movement high intensity movements constantly varied movement are all sound uh, concepts in the literature as well so combining them also is is you know a sound idea um and then I also like if pa patients tell me that patients like they'll say like oh well, my doctor told me not to xyz I'll say does that person who told you that look like someone you want to take fitness advice from That's if the answer is yes yeah. <laughs> if the answer if the answer is yes then do what they're telling you to do but I can almost guarantee you that it's not almost always, <laughs> you know? So like, and if someone's like, if someone's super anti-CrossFit and they think it's terrible for you and whatever, and it's like, well, if you got something better and you're, you're ripped from doing Zumba and that's what you want to tell people to do, then go for it. But I haven't seen it. So that is absolutely where I was going with all of this. And I'm so, I'm, I'm so intrigued by it because, you know, mm -hmm. now, now that I'm really like into the CrossFit world, like even more than I thought it'd ever be, it's, mm -hmm. you know, when I'm around medical professionals, it's almost shocking to me in most mm -hmm. cases, like they, and I'm not trying to generalize because it's wildly inappropriate, but like, I would say more often than not, I am finding medical professionals that have no fitness outlet or anything else and I understand it's, a yeah. it's an incredibly demanding job and I'm, mm -hmm. I couldn't possibly understand the amount of stress that they feel and go through every day but 
Mm -hmm. I guess, how challenging is that to see your peer group, you know, with you making sure that you're always doing the right things to be fit to, you know, lead by example, mm -hmm. but then you well, see I mean, your peer group not necessarily doing that. Well, part of it, it's like, it's funny because I, in the clinic, I'll, I mean, patients are gen, like genuinely surprised when they see me, like, if I don't have like, if I'm like not wearing sleeves that day um, and they're like, can't, they like cannot, they're like, you're the only physician I've ever seen that looks like that, which is literally, crazy. Right? Literally though. Wow. It's, it's crazy. And I work in, I mean, I work in sports. So, and I, and I, I've said this before, like it's, I get more respect from patients from that than I do wearing a white coat. They respect that more, I think in general, especially as a woman, I think there's, there's this kind of, um, like especially if I'm dealing especially with dealing with like a guy who's like an athlete you know they'll be like oh like you must know what you're talking about not it's not the Harvard degree on the wall it's oh, okay you know um <laughs> you know and which is valid like valid point um but I, I it's I, to me it's more like it's it's somewhat frustrating I mean I could see how being in in medicine like you don't have a lot of time to take care of yourself that's just not prioritized and it's just you're you know you're, you don't have the time for it a lot of, in a lot of specialties. So I, I totally understand that. I just, for me, it's a little bit of like, don't kind of like rain on my parade. If you don't have an alternative, that's better. <laughs> you know, that's kind of my, my thought about it. And especially like I work in orthopedic sports medicine and I deal with injuries and it's like, yeah, you're going to see people who get injured doing CrossFit. And there's a lot, there are a lot of reasons for that, but part of it is because they're doing things with their bodies that other people don't even try. So, right. You know, and, I, and I've, it's like, it's a problem of fitness, right? Like as a medical field, if we had problems of fitness as the biggest problem, like that would be a really good problem to have. You know, people, are, people are, who are injuring themselves exercising, if that was like our biggest issue as, a, as like a medical field, like consider ourselves lucky. So, true, you know very I mean? true. So, it, it was fascinating to me because it's like, Candidly, I, I'm not normally a person that finds myself in the doctors, but over the weekend, my fiance's brother or my fiance's brother ended up with a kidney stone. So he had to go to, you know, main med actually of all places. And, you know, they sent him home with the packet, the medicine, they ended up having to do surgery, but in the packet, there was no guidelines for like, Hey, this is what kind of food may, you know, cause this depending on the type of kidney stone. Again, I'm not a medical professional. I can't get into it, but you know, yeah. of course, my fiance immediately started doing research of coaxillates, mm -hmm. or I probably didn't even yeah. pronounce that right. But like, yeah. the only advice they gave him was, hey, go home and drink Gatorade. And I was just stunned by it, because it's like, huh. what, where are we going with this? Like, what, you yeah. know, we're not, uh, we're not attacking like a root cause. And again, I'm not trying to like, you know, attack the advice or anything like that. I'm just, I'm genuinely curious of, yeah. Well, why that happens is, is for two, that happens for two reasons. One is that, as in in medicine, like in medical school, and at least back when I did medical school, we're not we don't do much about we don't we're not taught about nutrition, and we're not taught about uh, very little. And a lot of the guidelines that we're taught are, and this kind of goes back to, kind of similar to with the the crossword data, but a lot of the guidelines that we're told by say like the American Diabetes Association or the American Heart Association those guidelines are in general influenced by things that 
or you know, there's there are industry influences on those guidelines, or there is old data that supports those guidelines. You know, if you have a heart attack, someone says have a low, like, you know, low fat diet X Y Z, but they'll tell you, you know, <laughs> and you you know, so you know, so there's a lot of just like old nutrition advice that's kind of what we're taught, and we're taught about it for like 30 seconds, and you know, and if you uh. if if someone comes in with an issue, like you know, they have like these general printouts that print out these like kind of shitty yeah. nutrition advice and that's what you get right so that's part of it is that we're not really taught about it to enough to educate people about it and a lot of physicians don't know you know they don't they because they don't think about that stuff that's not you know they're like are that's can i save crazy. your can i save your life and can i fix your like acute pain issue okay now that's it that's my job right so that's part of it and then the other part of it too is you know so it's like the lack of knowledge um or people think they're giving good advice because that's what the AHA told them to say. So like, that must be true. Um, and then part of it too is like, and I see this in, in, as someone who's like an exerciser who's who tries to eat well and all that stuff. Most of the people that I see who have aches and pains and problems and arthritis and back issues, whatever, they don't want, they want me to fix them and they want to go home. They don't, they don't want to take a deep dive into their nutrition and say, well, maybe if I was 50 pounds lighter, my knees wouldn't hurt as much. You know, they want me to inject something in their knee so they can go do whatever they want to do. Like, you know, so like there's a lot of time involved in, in like nutrition counseling sure. and all that. So even if, even if you have all the tools and you really know what you're talking about, it's really hard to reach people because most people in general, I mean, I'm making sweeping generalizations, but most people don't want to hear about it. Like they don't, or they go, yeah, yeah. I, I heard, I think, I think it was, I might've been Greg Glassman who said this, but he's like, when you ask somebody about what they eat, it's it's only an opportunity for them to lie to you because I can tell what you eat by looking at you. Yeah. I don't need to hear what I don't need to hear what you what you eat because I know. And and you'd be surprised how many people come in my office who can barely fit in a chair who tell me, oh yeah, I eat well. I exercise every day. <laughs> okay. Like and if that's where your head's at, like I'm not I don't I literally don't have the time to try to convince you otherwise or and not to mention like the whole kind of shitstorm you can cause by like if someone thinks you called them fat like they'll be online telling saying all kinds of bad things about me you know what I mean so you know so it's like oh. it's like you know people don't want to necessarily know the truth either so you know you kind of have to yeah. meet people where there are and it's like this is what you want to do okay man that's that's, gotta, okay. that's that actually does go to another side of the conversation because I actually had this conversation with my physician maybe a year mm -hmm. ago or so and mm -hmm. I I just thought I'd ask him I was like you know how frustrating is it you know getting the same patients coming in with the same chronic pains the same chronic illness and mm -hmm. you want to give them the real advice but they're just not wanting to take it because that's American culture so mm -hmm. how, how is that for you I mean like how frustrating does that get is that debilitating yeah I mean you know there and it's it's certainly you know there's people with like weight issues who you know kind of maybe aren't really ready to to change things about what they do and that happens sure. that's fine so that's been frustrating when when the attitude is sort of like people come to me and if they're it, it can get frustrating when it's like i'm doing what i can here and it's only going to work so much in this situation you know um sure. or you know even stuff with something like rehab you send someone to pt and it's like well uh, you know they don't they don't go or they went once and it didn't really do it uh, didn't really help blah, blah blah well did you do it not really and it's like so at the end of the day like I, and i say this to my staff a lot it's like someone's you know complaining about whatever and they didn't want to do this and they don't want to do that and they, and i always say like well it's your knee my knee doesn't hurt 
your knee hurts. So if you don't want to do all the things I'm telling you to do, and it's still bothering your knee, you know, and like, it's like at a certain point, that's, that's, that's kind of the attitude you have to have, you know, it's like, I'm, I feel okay. So you can listen to what I'm saying, or you can do what you want to do, I, you know, so there's sort of a little bit, you just have to kind of like wave your hands at it and say, all right, well, it is what it is, but. Wow. <laughs> so that's interesting. Funny. I mean, because, yeah. Like the, uh, things that I take for granted. Yeah. There's a, yeah. there's a good parallel to, um, for a CrossFit coaching, I forget who was telling, I think it was a, the owner of the gym at the time is like, at a certain point, like this, this doesn't happen too often, but every once in a while, you're trying to tell a member like, Hey, maybe take a little weight off the bar or, or do this or do this differently. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're like, no, no, I want to do it this way. And you're like, he, this is exactly what he told us where for where mm-hmm. he goes, all right, it's your fitness. And it, so it's kind of almost yeah. exactly what you said. It's your health. Like, yeah. yeah, I can tell you what to do, but I can't make you do. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. You know, so there's that part of it where you're just like, sorry i'm gonna i can offer you what i can offer you and then beyond that it is what it is so that's that's fascinating to me i mean it's something i totally take for granted because like i think of my world and i think as crossfitters we don't always realize how small our world is until we we venture outside of our world and then you you know i I think i I was actually i was actually i was at the beach with matt surfing the other day maybe a couple weeks ago and you know i kind of took a look around and i was just like wow there's a there's a lot of obesity in American culture yeah yeah and it, you know it's it's it, I think also part of that too is and I hear this a lot from coaches um you know who are like well you know we're doing what the doctors won't do you know we're changing people's lives and it's like yeah I agree but at the same time you have to understand like when someone walks into a gym their attitude is very different when they walk into a doctor's office most of the time so like when someone's coming to a gym and they've that that's already they're like 10 steps ahead of where they are when they come to see me you know they're saying they've already mm-hmm. said to themselves i want to do something they've taken a step to do it they found themselves in the right place and they're willing to at least listen and try something like that's <laughs> like way ahead of where someone walks into a doctor's office most of the time and they have issues related to their weight or their health you know chronic disease or something most of the time they're not saying, what can I do to be fix this myself? They're saying like, <laughs> what do you have for me? They're saying, fix it, you know? So, so yeah, the coaches are doing the work that we wish we could do, but most people don't come to us with that attitude that they can come to mm. a coach with. Man, that's a, that's a really fascinating way to look at it because I, I, you know, obviously I've never thought of it from that perspective and yeah, it, it's really, so me as a salesperson, that's like actually getting somebody that's ready to buy as opposed to making cold calls. So good grief, yeah. you're basically just yeah. having to deal with the cold call aspect of it. Most of the time, most of the time. But my, oh my, 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 but the thing that like excites me is like when I get the one person who's like, wants to, wants to do the right, what I consider to be the right thing. And I'm like, oh, okay. Hmm. So what I think like the best that we can hope for is like medical professionals is that when you meet that person that you have the right tools for them or you know the right people who have the right tools for them. And that's like, that's where like my kind of grand idea of like connecting the health system with the CrossFit system. Like if, when I find somebody who's like, who wants to do it, I'm like, okay, great, let's do it. Like I, I know this coach, this place who's gonna help you and boom, I'm like I can make it happen. Um, but like the amount of times that that happens is like 0.05%, so. Sure. 
No, I can, I can see, I can already see the flip of the switch and your, your like passion coming out in that moment. Right. It's gotta be, yeah. it's gotta be amazing when that person does walk into your office. Oh yeah. Or like, if I get somebody who's like a, you know, someone who wants to like do a P PT, but like with someone who, and I have like a network of like CrossFit PTs that I trust and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, I know the guy who's going to, who's going to work with you and going to do exactly what you need. And like, boom, let's make it happen. Um, oh my gosh you know i love that but, but that's like so rare but when it ha when it happens i'm like okay we got it we can, we can do this you know um <laughs> so uh, that's that's exciting um you know I've also got no yeah as more as more and more publications come out and you know the world and the literature does start to change we can only hope mm -hmm. that you know instead of that one person becomes two or three people at a time yeah and it's like it's almost it's a bit of a chain effect too i mean like i've i've had so people at my like my staff that works with me like I you know they always say oh there was oh I can never cross you do that and I'm like no let's do it so like one day I was like okay we're all gonna go to the gym there's like a gym down the block from where I work and I brought a bunch of them there and they like I, like they all like fell in love with it and now like I got like four people of like the seven people that went to join and it's like so to cool. me like that's like yay we all they got it <laughs> you know and like yeah. and they're excited about it and they're amped and they're like doing stuff and it's like and it's just sometimes it's just a matter of finding that like way in with the right people mm. at the right time and making those connections and it's like well if i can make those connections and I'm, I'm happy to do that that's awesome that really is yeah that's cool i was just meeting with a, a quick story and then we'll um we'll start to wrap up i was just meeting with a um a strength and conditioning coach today who's a, uh, at a local high school here who's also a a crossfitter a crossfit l1 and um, mm -hmm. he's basically running these kids through CrossFit workouts, but he's like, mm -hmm. he's been doing it for a while. So now everybody's on board, but he's like, in the beginning, he had to be like, be really careful like what he was calling CrossFit because he had everybody was like, wait, well, what, are, what are we doing with the, what are we doing with the kids? Like, we're, but now like it's, he's built a community where, like you said, it's a domino effect where every, he has a, um, uh, the teachers and the staff, like doing workouts with him at like five in the morning, like. It's really, it's, it's really cool how it's spread and, uh, and how it can spread. Um, yeah. so there, there's a, there's a light, there's a light in the tunnel for this, I think. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Um, okay. So we'll, we'll start to wrap things up. Um, obviously thank you so much for your time. Um, mm -hmm. I, I honestly probably have a hundred more questions, but I'm not going to bore <laughs> you guys. Um, so, uh, we got three questions. The first one is, and it could have been something we already covered, which is totally fine. Um, yeah. uh, what's one thing that most people think is true? And again, I'll, this could be CrossFit, medical industry, just anything um, that you believe most people are actually mistaken or an easier way to, a less mouthful way to say this is a, a common misconception. I mean, I guess to go with the theme is kind of what we've been talking about. Mm. Um, you know, this idea. Um, well, I guess, I mean, it, it sort of piggyback on the, what you just ask me but you know as far as like I, I think the doctors get a bad rap because of kind of this like oh they're just trying to do like the quick fix whatever and it's like I, I there it's a little more comp there are people who are doing that but there's also kind of the attitude that we're met with and kind of the time constraints that we have and it's kind of like we kind of have to just do with we have to kind of take care of the problem in the moment and then hope that um you know we can connect people with other people who can kind of further break down some more complicated issues, but it's not like, it's not necessarily the attitude that we want to have. It's like, I don't want to be injecting everyone with steroid all day, but like, 
a lot of people that's what they want from me so that's kind of what i do sometimes you know but you know one of you came into my office it's like if one of you came to my office and i'd be like oh wait a second okay like we're gonna we're gonna do this differently so it's a matter of finding the the practitioners who know how to do it differently when it's appropriate sure i like that you you have to work with the tools you're given with and and each person's different that comes to you and you have to know how to you know treat people differently based based on like what they need what their wants are their readiness to change all that mm-hmm. kind of like what we were talking about um yeah anything um anything you are excited about coming up in the future anything you want to plug um i know you've done a lot I, i'll just list them real quick uh you had the larger uh body athlete course at the um uh, games adaptive training athletes um you've done the mm-hmm. battle cancer program barbells for boobs mm-hmm. uh, and vicky's mm-hmm. boston invitational but um yeah. I, I listed them all out. I don't know if there's anything oh, yeah. else. Or, um, um, well, tomorrow I'm, do, I'm doing a competition out at Move Fast, Lift Heavy. Let's go. Uh, um, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Whoops. Um, so I'm doing that. Good luck. Thanks. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, other than that, I mean, you know, I'm always, I guess, like my Instagram and Twitter at Amy West MD. I can keep you posted on the things that I'm doing because there's always podcasts flowing around and talks and giving about this or that. Um, kind of, uh, I work with a lot of the different CrossFit nonprofits and kind of peripherally with, with CrossFit health and what they're doing. So, um, you know, so there's always cool stuff happening in that space. So I post it there. I also work a lot with like women's sports issues and things like that. So. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Very cool. And then, uh, this is our, our final wrap up question. So I stole this directly from Tim Ferriss. Um, so <laughs> I don't know what, what's the major highway near you in uh, New York, like the L like the LIE 495. Yeah. All, right, all right. 495. Let's go. Uh, so <laughs> you get, you get a giant billboard on 495. When, when I talk about Rhode Island, I, I tell people to get the, the Rob Levine billboard. He's just a car accident lawyer, but his billboards are everywhere. Okay. So you get that mm-hmm. billboard for the day and you can put your favorite quote mantra or saying on it, basically something you can like just show to your community, um, uh, in New mm-hmm. York. Yeah. Well, it's something that was said to me once that I, I liked it so much that I tattooed on it, uh, tattooed it on my body, but um, it's something that I, t- I tend to think about myself, but it, it's, the saying is I conquer quietly. Mm. Okay. Um, I like it. And um, I think I, in general, it's like, I just kind of do my thing and I try to, I, in general, I just like try to do good work. That's like effective and cool. And I, I don't, talk too much about myself unless I'm on something like this where people ask me to so I'm happy to do that but um so I just remember you know people said you conquer quietly don't you and I was like yeah I like that <laughs> yeah I think I do uh, so no we, we yeah. can totally see the humility and you're fantastic oh thank you spread the word <laughs> I'm happy about that yeah. Yeah, so. oh my gosh no yeah. no you have been absolutely gracious and we really appreciate your time and you know just oh, the fact you. you're willing to open, have an open conversation like this with us it, it means a lot Totally. Oh, thank you for having yeah. me. Happy to do it. I'm happy to do it. Thank you so much. Thank cool. you. Well, uh, we'll we'll stay on the Zoom just for a second, but uh, Rody Strength, we're signing off. Mm-hmm.